Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. Uh, I am here today uh, hosting a special guest. Uh, Jim is under the weather, and so he's not with us uh, today. If you pray and keep him in your prayers, um, we have with us uh, uh, somebody who I hope is becoming a friend. Uh, of mine. His name is Daniel Whitehead. Daniel is the CEO of uh, Sanctuary Health Ministries, a wonderful ministry that if uh, uh, you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 216, he he spent some time really unpacking the organization to us and how he got involved. And uh, it was a wonderful conversation uh, in episode 216 about um about what's going on in the church in terms of their struggles with anxiety and depression and and suicidal ideation and and uh, just um, how God you know just has raised Daniel and his team up to really speak to these issues, especially on the congregational side of things. So so Daniel, um, just as a kind of a like a, a recap of 216. Um, tell us a little bit about how Sanctuary Health uh, got started and, and how you got involved in it. And then just um, talk a little bit about what you see happening in the lives of people who attend church uh, in terms of their mental and emotional well-being. Yeah. Yeah. So so Sanctuary Mental Health was founded here in Vancouver, Canada, where I'm speaking from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, approximately 12 years old as a nonprofit. Uh, we're just launching into the US in the early part of 2024. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had the privilege of leading it for seven and a half years. And, mm-hmm. and in that time, we've been really taking Sanctuary's message of integrating theology, psychology, and uh, person's story. And, and how we integrate those give us, as the people of Christ, a, a new way to speak about this subject and a new way of being a supportive environment for people who are recovering in, in various stages of their mental health journeys. So Sanctuary created the Sanctuary course, which is an eight-session free course that churches anywhere can use, and it's being used all over the world in multiple languages. And, uh, and yeah, so I've been leading Sanctuary through this journey of growth and it's growing quickly and rapidly and uh it's our joy to kind of serve the church in this way and i think what i see in the church is i don't really see much different when i think about the need the mental health needs the church is not immune to this the church is has as much need as wider society does um church, the church is not immune to anxiety depression suicidal ideation suicide uh, you name it the church has these experiences in it, so I think it's really important that we, as the people of Christ, um, uh, the, you know, the, the the body of Christ, learn how to hold this space for people because many people yeah. are struggling. And uh, when I uh, began to share uh, my own mental health journey in, in public uh, over twenty years ago, Daniel, I was shocked at the response. Mm. How many people? would say, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm struggling yeah. with depression, I've, I've thought about taking my life. Uh, and I, I was stunned. I'm not stunned anymore. It doesn't shock me anymore. Uh, when we're in front of a group of people at a, at a church, and, and I tell my story of coming through suicidal depression many years ago, and uh, 
and then the response is overwhelming to it. And yeah. and I've heard people say things like, thank you for giving me permission to struggle, mm. that it's okay to not be all together. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I often think about things that were said to me when I was in the middle of the long, dark tunnel uh, of, of major depression that weren't were true, but weren't really helpful. Mm. Uh, like Romans 8, 28, remember God, you know, works all things together for the yeah. good of those who love him. And that's true. But when you're in the long, dark yeah. tunnel, not really helpful. Yeah. Um, uh, or things like, you know, you, you, you just need to pray more, um, or you need to cast the devil out of yourself or, you know, something that again, uh, I, I, we all need to pray more. And, yeah. and I, I don't think we all need to cast the devil out of ourselves. Let me just make that clear. But, mm. um, but giving language, giving good theological and psychological and caring language to our congregations when yeah. it comes to this. It, it just, it's fascinating to me. It's compelling to me. Um, it's something that I've noticed for two decades that was a huge need. And, you know, there's just too many churches and too many people for me to be able to tell my story to everybody. And we're so mm. grateful that God has uh, called your organization to come in and really fill that gap, Daniel. So excited about getting to meet you. And uh, I have a bunch of questions for you today. So you ready to get right at it? Ready. Okay. So here's here's the first one. And, and, and I want to ask this from your perspective. What do you think is contributing to the challenges we're facing with anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation? Yeah. What's what's fueling that, Daniel? Yeah. Well, you know, the the subject, uh, the, the challenge of the subject is it, it isn't straightforward. So when we think about mm. a person, a person is biological, psychological, social, and spiritual. And a person is always those four things. There's never moments where you're only one of those things. Or, you know, if you're a human being alive, you are always those four things. And, and those four things have something to bear on our well-being. Um, very often people have an over-realized vision of a person as being purely spiritual. That's not yeah. true or helpful. You are, you are spiritual and you're physical and you're um, emotional and you're uh, defined by your relationships. Um, you could have someone who's physically the healthiest person on the planet, an Olympic athlete, mm -hmm. but if they have no friends, if they are isolated and they never talk to anyone, they will not be well. Um, yeah. You could have someone who has the best prayer life in the world, but if you don't give them food after a month, I mean, if they have water, if they don't have water, it's going to be sooner. But after a month, they're going to die. So, you know, we have to accept that God has made us to be these integrated persons. And mm. there are various aspects of society. I mean, I'm just speculating, but there are various aspects of society, recent um, aspects of society that I think are making it really hard for us to be seen in community. Um so, I mean, if I were to pick on social media, I would go, social media is literally redefining what we understand a friend to be. We say, oh, how many friends have mm. you got on Facebook? I mean, that that's yeah. not, they're not your friends. That's the, that's a, com you, it's completely changing the, the vision of friendship. The, the vision of friendship, I think, as Christians, we should hold up is the vision of um, uh, Christ who calls us friends. You know, yeah. you, 
you know, we are friends of Christ and that's not because of anything we've done. So, and I think if you go back historically, I have a friend who, who did a PhD on friendship, on spiritual friendship. And she says, if you analyze how friendship operated in an agrarian society, so pre-industrial revolution, yeah. basically you were friends with the people who would keep you alive. Like if you have grain and I have wool, you need wool to stay warm and I need grain to stay fed. And we are going to stay friends because you need what I've got and we help each other to survive. So yeah. we both survive. We now live in a society where the autonomous individual making it on their own is king. And if if I don't like what you're saying, I'm going to unfriend you. I'm not going to talk to you. We, yeah. We're basically reshaping the biblical vision of friendship. And it's making us more isolated. It's making us more alone. And I don't think that's helping our mental health and well-being. Yeah. You know, the this idea that we are integrated beings um, you know, that there's actually four pieces to that integration. There's a spiritual piece, there's a physical piece, there's a mental and emotional piece, and then there's this relational or, or social piece. And I mm. think, I think what, uh, we do is we, we might fill one of those and look at them as tanks, so to speak, you know, like we mm. fill one of those tanks pretty well. And the other three are left, uh, uh, neglected. And we wonder why we find ourselves depressed or anxious or thinking, hey, this world might be better without me in it type of yeah. thoughts. And and as Christians especially, I, I think that we have this tendency to believe that that, that the spiritual part of our life will, will, and I believe it does influence the other parts of our life, but mm. that if we take care of our spirit, that all these other things don't matter. And, and, and my response to that has been, well, okay, so if you want to lose weight or you want to get fit, um, you can pray and read God's word for two hours every day. But if you don't exercise and stay away yep. from the refrigerator, you're not going to lose weight. You're not going to get fit. It's yep. a different set of behaviors mm-hmm. that fill that particular tank. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a good way to think about it, but that's kind of how I've tried to, no, it's, to architect that. For I people. think it's true. I think it's true. I think people who have an over-realized spirituality, which I'm not anti-spirituality. I right. every, I believe in spirituality and I believe spirituality is the power to shape and impact the other aspects of ourselves. But I believe the other aspects of ourselves have the power to shape our spirituality. So, you know, Mm. if you're, um, my, my old new Testament professor used to playfully say, uh, you can't get air quotes on a, on a, um, on a podcast, but he used to say, you know, many a demon has been cast out or many a demon has been cast out by a good night's sleep and a proper meal. So, you know, there are or a, good fr- or a good friend, right? Or a good friend or a good community or, or combination of these things. So there are very practical needs we have as people and we can pretend that's not true, but we all know that's true. We all know um, yeah. Jesus, even when he was resurrected, he ate. So yes. there's something about physicality that's kind of important to God and we can pretend it's not, but it is like the Bible. The Bible says it is. So, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, as you say, you can, um, you know, you you according to that way of thinking, you can literally do anything in the world just by reading the Bible and praying more. And of course, that's not true. You can't right. train to be an astronaut by reading your Bible. You need to go through the yes. training, and it's the same with anything. So, yeah, and and that's not an unfaithful thing to say. That's that's just the way God's made it. This wonderful right. creation. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the book of Genesis right now, uh, Daniel, and uh, Genesis chapter 2, I think it's verse 18, says uh, uh, 
then the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm. Uh, let us, you know, and so Adam lived in a perfect environment. He had the perfect job, no stress, no health problems physically, um, perfect relationship with God, unhindered, unfettered. Yeah. And yet God said, this guy needs another human yeah. to do life with. And, and so yeah. I think if we just read the Bible and we're honest uh, and, and we're thoughtful, we can see these four elements, these four pieces of our being reflected in scripture. And there's, yeah. there's, you know, we follow the, the pattern of Jesus and the way he yeah. did things. And I think we'd be a lot healthier. Um, and that just begs the next question that I have. I wonder, you know, for our pastors who are listening and watching today that are serving churches, um, what would be maybe some, a few good first steps that churches could use to address this epidemic of mental and emotional uh, lack of health in these areas. I, I think the last, the largest, during the pandemic, I believe, I believe the CDC said, I think it was in December of 2020, I think it was 42% of Americans reporting struggling yeah. with depression. I mean, it's never yeah. been like that. Yeah, um, during the during the pandemic, it was forty two percent. After after the pandemic, the latest numbers were thirty three percent. I think just so, still horrible, right? Yeah, and pre pandemic, it was like eleven percent. So it's right. Post pandemic, it's three times worse than it was before. Yeah, yes. statistically. So what does the church do? Where do we? Where do they start? Give give us mm. some practical steps. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a few things. I mean, obviously, Sanctuary makes resources to help churches have conversations and to engage the subject. So you can go on sanctuarymentalhealth.org, look at our resources, uh, including an album we've made. If uh, you want to just listen to music that engages the subject, you can listen to Sanctuary songs. But um, aside from that, I think we probably, as leaders, need to accept what we don't know. And, 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 and it probably starts by saying, do you know what? I feel overwhelmed by this and I need help. Um, and, and there are people probably in your congregations that can help you. There will be mental health professionals in your congregations who may have been sitting there quietly doing their vocation of caring for people who have lots of wisdom to offer. So I always think trying to find ways to elevate the conversation, to mobilize the people in your congregations who have something to say. If you as a leader can find the bravery and strength to speak openly about your own challenges. These are things that are going to help bring this subject to the fore in the congregation. Um, but, you know, as we said in the in the last episode, you know, just be aware that there are people out there who will try and weaponize your vulnerability. But yes. that doesn't mean you shouldn't be vulnerable. It just means there's a cost, you know, to That's carry right. your cross, you know. But, I, but I, I wonder if the cost of not being vulnerable is more. Yeah. I, and the cost of being vulnerable. I think it is. I, I I mean, I think it is. It's being a human being, as much as we want to believe the media representations of what a good life should look like. Last time I checked, the best life that was ever lived ended up on a cross. And I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good thing, but, but it's true. So the good life right. that we've been encouraged to follow is the life of Christ, which included people saying terrible things about him. Oh, he's a drunkard. He doesn't know what he's, you know, talking about. People accusing him of things that, you know, oh, he's in league with Satan. These are these are things that Jesus had to endure in order to pursue God's kingdom. And um 
and it's the same for us there there is yeah. immense struggle in this life if we live it authentically but yeah. but it can still be good yeah and i i feel this way that part of our part at converge coaching has been to normalize this conversation around anxiety around depression to mm. demystify uh to destigmatize um uh you know i i know you believe this i believe this that the church should be leading the charge mm. uh here in the area of mental and emotional social physical well-being because we live in a culture that's unhealthy many uh, i think i've told you this that many times when i've spoken and shared my story so many people respond it's shocking uh the, yeah. the sheer amount of people who say i'm dealing with this um yeah. i was at a church earlier this year and uh there was a lineup of people that wanted to talk to me afterwards and all of every one of them was in uh in tears in one way shape or another mm. either saying thank you for giving me permission thank you for giving me language thank you for making yeah. me know that it's okay not to be okay. It's that I can be a Christian. I can be a good Christian and I yep. can struggle. Yeah. And that, and those two things aren't antithetical to each other, you know? And, and so I, I, I think this point about talking, speaking openly about it from the platform mm. gives a, it, it, it starts down that pathway and yeah, is it risky? Of course it is. Um, but but I would say this, that if you don't talk about it, that's a risk too. And yeah. I think it's you're taking a bigger risk by not talking about it. Uh, so I, I love those steps. I think they're really practical. Um, how does, so how does what Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, how does this fit into the picture? Daniel, now you told us a little bit about the course and and can you tell us though, can you give us more? Like how how does what you do, how can a pastor, how can leaders really start to incorporate um the material that you guys have put together? And by the way, I've I've uh, I haven't completed the, the course, but I've looked at several of the videos and they are so well done, so mm -hmm. amazing. But how how does a church really grab onto this and yeah. and make a, a run with it, so to speak? Yeah. Well, the course, I mean, the course has been designed to be used in a range of different ways, but um, the course essentially, at its core, what the course is trying to do is to help facilitate a conversation that the church may feel like it doesn't know how to have. Like it's overwhelming, mm -hmm. it's scary. So how do we build a shared framework and a shared language, a platform upon which a church can really think about how do we support people? And that will look slightly different for every congregation, every okay. context. But Essentially, there is no doctrine of mental health that exists. So Sanctuary, we asked this question years ago. We said, well, someone has to build that initial framework, like to even know how to have a conversation, to even know how what we think about this. So the course does that, and it's designed for small groups. It can just okay. fit in as a small group curriculum, Bible study, could use it. Uh, we use scripture. Uh, in in the course to help hold it together so it would fit into that environment i know churches that have run it um 
They have like a mission to get 25% of the church through the course. Other churches use it like they'd use an alpha course. It's like a curriculum that they now use cyclically like a couple of times a year. Other churches put all their small groups through it. It's flexible enough to be used in those environments. But really what it's trying to do is facilitate a, a really safe a sanctuary conversation, a safe conversation about mental health so that that small group has a shared experience and they come out the other end with greater competency and awareness to know how to offer support to someone and how not to offer support to someone and how to see the role of spiritual community as being a very important part of a person's recovery as important as the role of doctors or therapists or medication, seeing spiritual community as a unique facet of a person's recovery yeah so 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 daniel in the small group setting i I know that we have these 20 i think the videos are about 20 minutes or so in length are there other supporting materials that are available so like a a small group facilitator kind of knows how to how to take it from there and what to talk about and talk a little bit about those resources yeah. So, I mean, if you were to go on our website, sanctuarymentalhealth.org, you'd register for an account, you'd get in, and there's a whole load of different resources to help people facilitate the course well. There's a discussion guide that people use and it's accessed digitally. There's the films. There's a leader guide to help leaders think about how to facilitate the group. But as I always say, if you can facilitate a small group, like if you can facilitate an alpha course, you can facilitate a sanctuary course. What it needs is so you don't. Group facil- so you don't need to be a. You don't need to be a therapist. You don't need to be counselor. a mental health professional. No, okay. you just need to be able to facilitate a small group. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, so there's there's resources that can help you do that. There's even marketing materials. Everything is on our website to help churches succeed. Mm-hmm. What would you say? And I'm I'm going to go off script, but not really here. What would you say to a pastor? who is listening or watching today and they said, I'm not sure I want to open this can of worms mm. in my congregation. I, I'm, I'm afraid yeah. of yeah. what might come. I, I'm sure you've run into that in your seven years plus that you've been doing this. How would you talk yeah. to that? Well, I, I first of all, I'd have empathy for the, mm. for the fear that's driving that decision to hold back. Like I understand it is overwhelming and scary. But when you think about the conversely, what will happen if we don't talk about it in the church is it becomes a secular subject. It becomes a purely biomedical subject. And, and I think God cares about mental health. And I also know that tragically there are times when churches reach out to sanctuary for help when something catastrophic has happened. And it's then that we say, well, we didn't know. And, and, and I, again, I only have compassion for those churches, but right. it just breaks my heart that it has to take someone to die by suicide before a church says, oh, we need to talk about mental health. That To assume, yeah. you cannot assume that there are not, or you should not assume that there are people in your congregation that are really facing these challenges because they are. And you can, I would, you know, this, I, 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 I feel, I feel bad. I, I kind of feel bad, like confronting people with that, but I also don't because, yeah. you know, I, we lost a young man to suicide in our church recently and his parent, his dad is a pastor, the wonderful family, and they knew that their son was struggling and they put things in place and it still happened. So if we're not putting in things in place, these things will happen and yeah, we need to talk I, about I, it. 
I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I believe in every congregation, there are people who are wrestling with anxiety, yeah, wrestling with some level of depression, some of it major, and who have thought about the world being better off without them. You can you can bank on it, Pastor, I that agree. every Sunday there's there are probably multiple people in your congregation who are wrestling with this. And yeah. um and so I I love that thought of, hey, if you know it, it it I think we said this in the in the last podcast, it is risky, you know, to put yourself out there to start talking because it, it is going to, I think when you start talking about this, and if you're talking intelligently can i just say that intelligently and compassionately about it and accurately about it um that you will see people coming to you saying i need help i need so can we talk about that for a minute daniel like so mm. let's say um a pastor or a church decides hey we really want to start this conversation we want to access the resources from sanctuary um and and how do we gear up yeah and what do we do when somebody comes to us and says i'm suffering with one of these three evil uh forces or all of them sometimes it's all of them at the same time how because i do think that some pastors are going to feel overwhelmed by that or they're going to feel uh not prepared for it can you help mm -hmm. us process that a little bit yeah well i mean i think there are you know the challenge is not every individual is the same so yeah. you know for some people their experiences of anxiety um is something that they can manage and then maybe they've learned to manage mm -hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't mean that if someone's experiencing anxiety we need to purge the anxiety or we need to you know it, it may be that someone is like Do you know what this is just something i manage and i live with and and they've actually learned many rhythms and wisdom on how to do that um, and that could be the same for any lived experience of a mental health challenge or a mental illness. But for other people who are in distress, um, mm. then I think we need to ask the question. And again, these could seem like scary questions. They're not to me. But have you spoken to your doctor? Um, can I support you in doing that? Uh, churches could have referrals lists of yes. therapists. Christian therapists, whatever you feel comfortable with, but you could have a list of people. Churches could set aside budget each year for people who need access to professional help. And yes. I think the, the key thing around these practical, holistic things we can do, I mean, there'll be care ministry in, in churches that we can, you know, often mental illnesses, they're not casserole illnesses, right? No one's going to bring you a casserole if you, you experience depression. This is a very normal thing we hear from people because it's unseen. If you break a leg, I can see it. I'm going to help you. But if you've got depression, well, you know, I'm not going to give you a casserole. But I think we can start to change that. I mean, it doesn't have to be casserole, by the way. I mean, I, I've got nothing against a casserole, but it might be something else. But so I think we need to start changing that culture and thinking about people's holistic needs and and not being scared as the church to see the vital role we play as a part of a bigger picture of well-being that people actually need and being a conduit yeah. of that. And, and I would I would just offer this, and Daniel, if I'm off, you just correct me on this. I think that pastors need to know their lane. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. there are some some of these scenarios that get presented to you, you'll be able to help. And then there are some scenarios you use the word distress, where the the level of these 
uh, these items, the level of anxiety, the, the, the level of depression, the, the, the level of suicidal ideation will call for yeah. some expertise. It will call for, yeah. and, and, and just understanding that, that you don't have to fix all these problems. Um, no. I think, I think what we're really lobbying for here today is to resource, uh, is, yeah. is to be a resource. And, and, uh, I was just, uh, before we were uh, recording today, I was on a call with a client of mine who was dealing with, uh, he, he did a talk uh, on uh, pornography and, uh, and, and we're not here to talk about that today, but he said, John, I can't believe people coming out of the woodwork, you mm-hmm. know, talking to me about their struggle with that now. And, and, and some are particularly difficult and he's been carrying that. He can't sleep. He's, no. He feels sick to his stomach. And I, and I told him, well, these severe cases, you're, you're operating out of your lane. You don't have to sit there and solve those, you know, move, get these, yeah. and, you know, we gave, we got him some, some direction on that. So I think, cause I think sometimes pastors in the back of their mind think I've got enough problems yeah. that I'm dealing with. Do I really want to open this up? And I would, I would conjecture this, that some of the problems you already have people problems are directly re- related to what we're talking about today. Not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. A, and, lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to be the fix it guy. Um, no. You just need to know where to point people for help. And uh, so I, I wanted to just lower the anxiety for our listeners and watchers today. Mm. You know, that look, having this conversation, will it open up? Yeah. It will open up conversations that are, uh, sometimes difficult, sometimes weighty, but, um, but I don't want, I don't want our people, Daniel, and this, hopefully this sounds okay. I don't want them going to get help from somebody who won't tell them the truth, mm. you know, who won't help yeah. them, uh, have a holistic approach to yeah. well-being. And I wonder what you think about that. No, no, I think that's true. I think by and large, the majority of access to, if you take healthcare, the, the biological component of people's recovery is is done in isolation and it's siloed and it's broken. But in that mm-hmm. sense, I, I've got nothing against doctors or medicine. I, I'm very grateful, very grateful for it. We need it. But um, doctors are not God. Um sorry doctors if you think you are you're not um you you know a, a person is not just biological a person is biological social spiritual uh, and and psychological so we have these aspects of ourselves that all need a, a, attaining to and a doctor in isolation cannot make a person fundamentally well a doctor needs christ is part of the deal the christian community is part of the deal and yeah. uh and in that sense friendships and 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 purpose are part of the deal so um yeah i think the church is perfectly placed to be that prophetic voice in our culture that pushes back against an overly biomedicalized vision of a person and says no a person is biological, but they're also psychological, social, and spiritual. So I think that's what the church should be doing. And in that sense, understanding that the role of spiritual friendship is vital in recovery, but it's not the only aspect. Some people right. need to see doctors. Some people need medication. Um, yep. That's just and, the way it is. And I think the, the chances of health and recovery are so much better when we take the holistic approach. Um, One more thought, and then we're going to wrap it up. I I could talk to you forever about this subject because it's it's just so near and dear to my heart. 
Um, you know, there there has been a bias in the church for many years about antidepressant medication, uh, mm. any medication to deal with any of these problems. And, you know, my take on that has simply been this, that, you know, medication in and of itself is not going to bring you all the way home. It, mm. it's, it's not a silver bullet. Like if I just take the med, I don't have to work on the these other areas of my world in order to get well. And and it's my contention that depression, especially, is a whole person problem. It, it, it's not just dealt with at the spiritual level. It's dealt with at the four levels that you've expressed several times in the last two podcasts. And 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 so when um, if you need to take medicine to get stabilized, I did. I, I was yeah. so depressed, I couldn't put a, a rational thought together. Mm. So I was listening to a counselor. I just wasn't making any sense. You know, like I, yeah. I and, and the meds yeah. helped stabilize me so that I could yeah. work on the roots of my depression. The meds weren't going to bring me all the way back, but they gave me enough stability to be able to ingest what the counselor was telling me. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've heard it said from people that, you know, it's not that people are worried that medication is going to change you. It's going to make me someone I'm not. When actually what I hear from most people is it allowed me to be me. I, I didn't, you know, it allowed me to be more fully me in a way of never been before. And there is this great fear for whatever reason about medication for psychological reasons, that there is this stigma that exists that doesn't exist for other medications. And, and right. I mean, I've got all kinds of reasons as to why I think that is, but uh, if you just look at it in in that sense, it's like any other medication a person will need right. to get well. Um, well you know, yep. it's okay. In- insulin, antibiotic, yeah, you name it, right? Which we wouldn't bat an eye at. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's really no difference. Well, well, Daniel, I'll tell you what. It has just been such a treat to have you uh, on our podcast the last two weeks. Uh, can you tell us one more time how we can reach out to your organization? Yes. So you can find us at sanctuarymentalhealth.org, or you can find us on Instagram, X, or Facebook. And you can even listen to Sanctuary Songs, which is an album on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. You can listen to that as well. Uh, and that involves some amazing musicians like Matt Marr, All Sons and Daughters, uh, Andrew Peterson. So mm. check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you for carving time out of your busy schedule to be with us. And uh, to you that are watching and listening today, can we can we just reaffirm how much we care about you? We want you as leaders to be healthy, body, mind, spirit, and, your, and in your relationships. We, we want your congregations to be centers of hope and healing. Uh, I mean, we've, I believe we, God has given us the that help that answers the, the the structure to be an incredible blessing in the lives of people who are suffering. Um, and uh, we're here to help you. We're here to uh, direct you in the right uh, to the right resource. So if uh, you want to reach out to us also at convergecoach.com, you can click on the contact us info link uh, and uh, you'll get a free half hour with one of our coaches. And uh, if we can't help you, we know a lot of people who probably can, and we'll direct you to them as well. That's a free half hour, uh, no obligation from you. Uh, we want you to know that we bring people like Daniel to this podcast because we want you to be well in your inner man. We want you to be well in your relationships. We want you to be the best version, possible version of yourself so that God 
can use you for a long time. Uh, we want you to be in the, in the saddle for a long time. Uh, and we're here for you. So we're rooting for you. We're cheering for you. And we're praying for you as you continue to lead from alignment.